What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast, subscribe to Move Local, and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Dundas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Move Local podcast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and not alongside me today are my two co-hosts. They're off doing more important things, but I'm going to hold it down here today. Um, But we have an awesome guest on the show today. We have Reed Coolset. He is a former Olympic marathoner. He is an ultra runner now. He's a dad. He's a coach. And we're super excited to have him on to talk about all things endurance, sports, and life. Reed, how you doing? Great. Thanks a lot for having me, Dalton. No problem. How uh, Have you been out for a run this morning? I have. Yeah, run, a little group run at 7 a.m. And it turns out that was probably the warmest time of the day for today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are you, a, are you a morning runner or evening? Do you have a preference? Uh, I often feel better uh, in the afternoon, but um, I just like to schedule runs in the morning better. It Just with the rest of the day and um, um, most of my races are in the morning too. So it's good to get used to being, uh, being prepared for the morning. Yeah, no, for sure. I've, uh, I feel similar. I, I used to be more like of a, a fan of the morning, but now I feel like my most energy oddly is like in the, the mid afternoon, usually like one or two, um, is where I feel like the most energy for running, which is weird because when I was just doing more strength training stuff, I never had energy to do strength training at like mid afternoon, but for some reason, the running, I feel like it's a nice little way to break up the day. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it takes, takes me a while for my body to wake up. So it wasn't necessarily the case in my twenties, but, um, sure, sure is now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to dive into obviously a whole bunch of the ultra running stuff. Um, cause I know that's kind of like where you've transitioned your, your focus, um, as of late, but before we dive into that, I'm always, I'm curious, like, obviously you've done a lot of running at a high, high level, but where did like the running story start for you? Like, was this something that was always part of your life as a, as a child or did it come later, later on in your life? How, how did it get started? 
Yeah. Funny enough, it actually started um, at McMaster Sports Fitness School. Um, we used to run every day at lunch. Took to trail running right away. Um, we would run through the, the trails right behind McMaster. And um, I did well at it. Um, uh, so when when I when I got to middle school and they offered cross country, it was just kind of like a, a no brainer to join the cross country team. And um, and I had some success right away. And um, I just I yeah, have been running cross country and doing track intermittently since. Was there like a particular time where you realized like, oh, this is something that I'm like elite at, and I I feel like I can take it to the level of obviously going to the Olympics. Yeah, good question. So I think, you know, at the, at the end of high school, thinking was that I was good enough to do it at the university level. And so um, when I went to, you know, like when I was looking at universities, I was thinking about the cross country team and track team as well and land at the University of Guelph. And, um, and at that time, I, I was just thinking, yeah, like, you know, have a good collegiate career and enjoy running afterwards. And then by the end of university, um, I was... I had improved enough where I, I started thinking like, you know, I want to, I want to try to make some national teams. Um, and then it, over the next couple of years, uh, the times dropped again and um, I qualified for the world championships in 2005 for the 5,000 meter. And that's pretty much the same um, level as the Olympics. So um, that's when I really like made it a focus to uh, try to get to the Olympics. Um, but yeah, it was probably around 2003, 2004 where, I kind of just hoped I would keep on improving and, and get to that level um, and, and really started to, you know, take, take running more seriously and, and pour a bit more into my training. Yeah. And, and how, <clears throat> like, as you developed and then, you know, you start, you start improving your times and you start seeing like this opportunity, you know, to go to the Olympics, how, how was that process? Like, was that something, you know, that you expected was it like almost like surprising to you in a way that you were having that much success or was that something like you're like oh i i know i can i can get there oh i don't I, yeah i don't think i i knew i could get there um until i got there really <laughs> uh well until i qualified i should say but um I, I i kept on surprising myself year after year in the 5k taking as much time off um as, as i was because uh, you know, as you improve to take 10, 15 seconds off your 5k time just gets harder and harder. And, um, uh, closer to the 14 minute barrier that, that I was going to be, you know, a few seconds off kind of each year and, and, and to get under that. But, um, I guess luckily, or, you know, thankfully because of like staying healthy and, and hard training and, and being smart, I kept on making fairly big improvements right until, right until I got for the, for the 5k. Um, and then I had my set site on my, my, uh, site set on the 2008 Olympics, but, uh, on ice and slipped a disc in my back. And so I didn't, I didn't do any, um, track races that year at all. Um, like any outdoor track races to try to qualify for the Olympics. So, uh, I, I, I guess, I guess my mentality in 2008 was I knew I had a good shot at getting to the Olympics, but, um, you know, everything needs to align properly. And, um, not only did 
not aligned to, you know, try to qualify. Like I wasn't, I was, I didn't even, I was injured. Right. So in 2009, I pivoted to the, to the marathon. It's something that I always knew I would get into just because it tended to be whenever the, whenever the distance increased, um, I was, a, I was a bit better, um, relative to my competition. And in 2009, it was a perfect opportunity. Um, the next Olympics weren't until 2020 and gave me a few years to learn the, the new distance. Um, and then in 2010, I, I ran 211, 23, and that was a time that was underneath the Olympic qualifying standards. So when I ran that time, uh, you know, a, a bit faster in 2011, um, I was pretty confident that that time would get me to the 2012 Olympics. Um, qualified. I just wasn't sure if other people would run faster than me and bump me back, but, um, running 210, 55 in 2011, um, that's, that's kind of like the moment where I thought, okay, chances are I'm going to the Olympics. So I, you can, you can just never take anything for granted. And, um, you know, you know, the injury of course is, is on the kind of extreme example, but even if things had gone well with training, um, you know, you might show up to race and not feel good that day or the weather's bad or, or, or you just might have a great race and, and still come up a bit short. So, um, it was one of those things where I wasn't confident that I'd get there until I really um, ran that two ten fifty five and, uh, felt that that time would, would qualification. Yeah. And then obviously having the, the opportunity to, to participate in the Olympics, I would love to hear just a little bit of like, you know, some of, some of like the, the more memorable things or, or, you know, some of the, the takeaways you had from, from that experience, like as a whole, cause obviously that's a once in a lifetime or maybe a couple times in your life opportunity, but not many people get that chance. Right. So it's, it'd be cool to hear your perspective on it. Yeah. The, the, and that is what's uh, interesting about the Olympics and what makes it exciting is that, yeah, it is a, you know, once or twice or three, you know, some, obviously some people like, you know, the, the, the extreme examples, people go like five times, but even still you're it's, it's, it's every four years. You know, well, I guess apart from pandemics, but um, you know, in general, it, you know, it, it, looking at going into the 2012 Olympics um, I was in, I was in great shape and I, I didn't really execute the race um, the way I, I felt I could. And it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird thinking, okay, I have four, I have four years to kind of redeem myself. Um, you know, it, it, so it's, so it's, it, and that's what makes it exciting, right? That's what makes the Olympic exciting, but as an athlete, it can also be frustrating, um, if things don't go your way or, or whatnot. So, um, uh, I, I mean, I guess, there's, I mean, obviously a lot of things I learned from the Olympics, um, just having to deal with performance on the day and, just trying to take care of everything you can control and, and not worry about the things that are uncontrollable. Um, getting ready for a hot race um, was different because most marathons are run in the spring and the fall and the Olympics being run uh, in the middle of the summer and starting at 11 a.m. for, you know, kind of prime viewership um, really, really changes just the way the race is played out and, and your tactics, right? I knew relatively I did I moved up a, a ton of places from from the midway point like through halfway to the finish but I probably still could have been even more conservative um and and that's just the nature of getting on the line and, and wanting to do your best and getting carried away with whatever what everybody else is doing and um I was kind of 
I, I mean, I guess I played it relatively smart, but um, I still, you know, I still got carried away a little bit trying to, uh, you know, trying to go for a top 20 position. Um, so you, you just, you learn a lot about tactics um, and, and, and keeping a cool head and um, trying to relax and yet still get the most out of, out of yourself. So yeah, there's just, a, there's a lot of balancing and um, there's, I, I honestly didn't feel like there was that much pressure um, uh, on myself um, outside of what I wanted to do, which um, so, sometimes people can get overwhelmed with the pressure of the Olympics because a, there are a lot more people paying attention um, when it comes to the Olympics versus any other race you kind of do. Um, you know, I can go to Europe and run the Rotterdam Marathon and doesn't seem like it, does, it attracts much attention. And then in the lead up to the Olympics, it, it feels like, you know, there's a media outlet almost every week kind of reaching out about, um, you know, especially like the, the marathon is, is, is one of the events at the Olympics that um, people tend to, uh, to focus on. So yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff I could probably go on forever, but those are the main takeaways. Yeah, no, for sure. And there could be the other thing I, you know, it's interesting you say you didn't feel too much pressure because I could also see the opposite, like with what you're saying, more, more media focus on it, but also like this last four years you've spent giving everything you had to get to this one race. And now it all comes down to, to this, this one single moment, which in so many different aspects can impact that. Like you're saying the heat, the, your nutrition that day, how you're feeling like there could be a lot. I could see that being a very mentally challenging experience. Um, cause everything's kind of riding on this one moment. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much true. And, and I think, you know, started to think that way it would, it would, um, you know, maybe it was, you know, it just make me worry a little bit. And, you know, I just, you know, you can always look at things in, in different perspectives. And a lot of times I would just like, look at it as, Hey, like I'm here, right? Like I get this opportunity rather than don't waste this opportunity. Like, or like things could go wrong or whatever. And like, you know, I could have not made this Olympics, you know, like you just be this opportunity and, you know, just try to, just try to do like the best you can. And um, yeah. And not, and, and not worry too much about, you know, like the, yeah, the, the big, like, yeah, if, you, if I don't do well, I got to wait four more years, which, you know, which is kind of what happened, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And, um, and, and on the, like, like I said, like on the same token, like, you know, to finish 27th at the 2012 Olympics, um, is, is not something like I'm ashamed about. Like I, I was still like, you know, it just didn't quite go as, as well as I, what, 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 what as well as I wanted, but, um, yeah, things could have gone a lot worse. Um, I'd be, um, just not having getting enough carbs and my last two K were, were, were awful. And I was, you know, I, I went from, I think the 27th, um, but there was a huge pack of guys right behind me. And had I bombed one or two K earlier, uh, easily could have been in the, in, you know, in the thirties or something like that, like back in the thirties, maybe early forties or something. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about like transitioning obviously to, to the ultra marathon now. Like I know you, when I first, when I first met you, you were getting ready to, to do the race in Italy. I think it was to try to qualify for the Olympics again. And then obviously that didn't end up going as planned, but did you always have this idea of transitioning into the ultra world once your um, let's say your Olympic 
days were kind of behind you or was that something that just you stumbled across uh, stumbled across yeah actually not something i stumbled across i've been wanting to do ultras for a long time i back in like 2002 2003 i worked at a running store with a couple of ultra runners and they would just talk about jfk and western states all the time um and uh, these guys were good they ryan melcher and clark zealand they they had a whole bunch of top 10 finishes at um jfk which is the it's an eight mile race 80k race um it's the oldest ultra in the united states and um that piqued my interest back then um i wasn't ready to jump at it anytime soon. I was focused on the 5k then, but I was kind of in the back of my mind. I want to, I'd love to test myself over the longer distances. Um, and actually in 2017, I thought 2018 was going to be the year I start doing ultras, but I hadn't done Boston marathon yet. So I, you know, I was like, Oh, I got to go to Boston. And then that, um, I finished ninth there. And then I started thinking, Oh, like I've come this far. Why don't I try to qualify for the 2020 Olympics? And so I was running marathons and 2019 and then at the beginning of 2020 like felt i was in pretty good shape but you know of course the pandemic hit and then when races started coming back around again at the end of 2020 um yeah i really just felt you know i've come this far uh like running the marathon um you know what like if i don't if i don't take a shot at the olympics i'll always wonder like oh maybe i maybe i could have uh you know had one more you know, hopefully two good more good races that qualify in the Olympics, but, you know, maybe I could have qualified. So, um, and of course with that extra year, um, other runners got better and the qualifying time just hitting that, um, you would have actually, I would have actually had to run about a minute and 15 seconds fast, like under the standard, um, Mm -hmm. which I didn't think was the case at the beginning of 2020. Um, just looking at, uh, you know, who was, who was, ready to, to run fast marathons. Um, I thought maybe just getting the standard was what it would have been good enough. Um, and yeah, so I, I just had, to, I kind of just had to see it through. And I, by the time the race came around in Italy, and so that would have been April of 2021, 20, um, uh, I, I was happy with the training that I, that I put forth and I knew I was in good shape, but um, realistically 210 to run under 210, 17 was, was a long shot. And I don't, I, I would have, I would have, if I had to bet, I probably would have bet against myself during that time. But at the, at the same time, like I knew it wasn't completely out of the realm. And so I went for it and um, yeah, the, the race looked quite a bit slower than what my fitness probably was just because I went out way too fast for my fitness. You know, if, I think if I had aimed for 212, maybe I would have run 213, um, just kind of like a normal fade. But um, yeah, I went out for 210 and ended up running 216. And um, that was, it. I was really, I was just really happy one pandemic and, and just to see it through. And, and so I was, um, yeah, I was very much ready to move to ultras after that and, and excited to do so. And I'm, uh, by the time, uh, the end of June rolled around in 2021, I was like you know, fully committed to, uh, training for ultras. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I know you do in your first race, you, obviously won the race and had great success, but I'd be, I'd be curious to hear like your expectations heading into that race. I'm assuming you weren't expecting to win it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you were. Um, but I'd love to hear like your expectations heading into that. And then that, that experience overall. Yeah. Honestly, going into the race. Um, well, one, I just, it was, it was the Quebec ultra 
trail 110K. Um, and when I signed up, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into just with the technicality of the course. Like there's nothing really around here that could prepare you for it. Um, but talking to people who had raced it and kind of looking on YouTube at some of these videos, I started getting, um, I started realizing just that it was going to be completely different. So, um, you know, of course I wanted to do well, um, but, uh, you know, and, and winning of course is in the back of my mind, but at the same time, I, I really just wanted to, to finish and enjoy the experience. And, um, seven came to the race. I, I actually got off course and started running on the hundred mile course. Um, and I didn't realize I was off course, uh, for, for 5k. So when I finally, and I'd run that part, part of the course a week before, but I was following these markers. I didn't realize the hundred K came onto the course at that point to, to 110 K. So once I pulled my phone out and realized my mistake, I, I knew I was going to be 10 K behind. Um, and at that point, uh, I, I kind of make a decision like, you know, you know, do I try to do another race? But like that, 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 that I never really entertained that thought. Like the, my thought really was, I'm out here to, to see what running 110 K is like. I want to see, you know, what it's like to run past 60 K I'd never run past more than 60 K and, um, and just, and just have that experience. So uh, running and, and as I got to different aid stations, I was the leaders. So I was getting, you know, I, I knew, I knew like there was a chance I could win and rough spot where I didn't make any inroads in, between myself and the leaders um fairly late in the race too like um would have been like 70 to 80k into the race or really like 80 to 90k into my race because I, I was like, I already had that 10k deficit um and yeah so uh but i i i knew i had good uphill skills so i actually closed the gap pretty pretty well over the next 4k and got guys um uh, it, it was, it was really invigorating. Like, okay. Like now we got a race in our hands with, with, with when I saw them and maybe we had like 25 K to go. And, um, yeah, so I ended up winning that first race. Um, so although I wanted to win, I, yeah, like to answer your question, I didn't, I didn't expect to win by any means. I just, I just wanted to see what it was going to be like to run for that long. It, I was, I was at there for 14 and a half hours, you know, yeah. my longest race up until that point had been, um, the the year i finished ninth at boston and i ran two two hours and 25 minutes so yeah. it you know it's an extra 12 hours um completely different a completely different terrain and everything so it was it was fun it was oddly enough i i that the win from uh, quebec mega trail qualified me for um the grand raid uh, an offer there which was another just completely technical um, like very, very, very technical ultra. So um, I don't really know what um, uh, um, a runnable ultra is like. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to be flying when you get, when you get on the, the runnable ultras. Hopefully, I, you know, and, and there's, I mean, there's still a lot of un at QMT and at the Grand Raid, which was a 72K um, ultra with, you know, a lot of climbing, a lot of technical trails even at the, even, you know, in the last 20 K of both of those races, um, when you, I was not able to run that fast at all, mm -hmm. my, my legs were just dead. So my, uh, the, the up and down and the, the elevation gain and the descent of 
much it's a it's a completely different demand than than running um even a hilly like marathon like boston um it, you really need you need you really need a lot like really strong legs and um versus on the road you know once you're when you get your momentum it's just kind of keeping that up versus you know stepping like stepping up rocks and stuff and 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 killing your legs on these downhills so um yeah there's there's still a lot for me to learn um and adapt um even for these runnable races i think and then i know like i know you mentioned it's hard to mimic some of these technical courses that you're going to do around here right so like how has your training how have you prepared for that? Like, have you just tried to do as much elevation as possible here? And then even like these races that you're doing now, I know you're heading out to do another one here shortly. Like, are you kind of using these races as a training opportunity as well to like start to get exposure to some of these technical trails or more elevation or descent than you would have the opportunity to do around, around here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like, I didn't know what I was getting into. And during those, during that 14 hours, I learned a lot. Um, running with people in a race situation, you just, you kind of have to run a bit faster on the downhills. Um, yeah. So around here, like around Hamilton, if I'm running, if I, if I have a 1k stretch downhill, like that's, that's pretty good. Um, but it'd be, I'd be running four or five K at a time downhill. Um, so it'd be like five escarpments in a row going, going down, like, a very technical technical area where around here the the technical session like that maybe there's a couple of spots in the bruce that are like 30 meters long yeah. <laughs> versus doing it for 4k so um yeah like like for sure like to answer your question I, you i learn i would learn a lot um on these uh during the races um and and although the although the next races i'm going to be doing are runnable um to it, it's hard to mimic the sustained climbs you know going up going up a hill for longer than what i can get here which is you know just over a kilometer and in, in the descent so yeah um yeah i expect to learn a lot from from these uh so my next race i'm going to do is um black canyon ultra it's 100k in arizona and i'm going to do uh hopefully around the bay and then canyons endurance which is at the end of april that's on the Western States course. So that's the reason I'm going there. Um, running hundred K there. I'll, I'll try not to race it as a training run. And then, um, yeah, the big one for 2022 for myself will be Western States hundred mile. Um, it will be my first hundred mile. Um, and that's at the end of, uh, June, June 25th. So that's, that's what the first half of the year looks like. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of new stuff, new distances, yeah. new, new terrain and, um, dealing with heat, actually, uh, you know, I, I, I had to do for my two ultras in, um, 20, uh, 21, but, um, I think Western States dealing with the heat for a, a longer period of time will, will be, will be a, a huge challenge. Yeah. And, and I mean, a hundred miles versus a hundred kilometers is a, is a massive, a massive jump in terms of like distance, obviously. Um, how, yeah, let's talk about Western States. Cause like, you know, 
I'm, I'm new to the, to the running community within basically the last year. I've definitely started running a lot more and, and I've actually have my own goal of trying to do my first ultra coming up this summer. But I know Western States is like one of those big iconic races in the ultra world. So how, how did that come about for you? And like, um, what's your, your, where's your head at around having the opportunity to go and, and do a race like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I consider myself very lucky that the opportunity arose. Um, uh, so I ran, um, uh, as a train run, I did, um, a loop up in Killarney. It's a 70, 73, 74k loop called La Cloche. Um, and, uh, I went up there with, uh, your, one of your past guests, Paul Trevelcock. And, um, uh, I was telling Paul that, you know, my plan for 2022 is to run the Black Canyon 100k, in, in search of a golden ticket. So if I run, if you finish in the top two, you get a, you get a ticket for Western States. And, um, it, it just seemed like a very, it seemed like an exciting goal. Um, I think it's a very competitive race. I would have no, I, I, I would have, I, I was going to go for it. I had no expectations of like actually getting that, that ticket, like, you know, hope, hope for the best, but, um, race. So, uh, yeah, was, that was my plan. Um, I also had a, from QMT, I also had one lottery ticket. Um, but every time you apply for the Western States lottery, you get exponentially more tickets. So I had one of 30,000. Um, so chances of going were, were probably pretty slim. Um, but yeah, that, um, Paul, uh, yeah, Paul, Paul was telling, uh, his good friend, Simon Donato, who they did boundless together in that TV show. Um, and Simon owns uh, stoked oats, um, in Calgary. And, um, they were thinking of, uh, sponsoring the event. And if you sponsor the event, you can put forth, um, names of, of athletes you want to sponsor to do the race. And, um, so Simon reached out to me if it's something I would have been, been interested in. And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. So when, uh, when, when they officially got on as a, a sponsor of Western States, um, luckily I already had a qualifying race with QMT. Um, and yeah, they gave me the, the spot. So I kind of found that out um, maybe the very, very beginning of December, um, maybe late November. Um, and that's when I was going to start ramping up my training for Black Canyon. So now I have a luxury of, of kind of doing a bit more base training um, and not risking injury by doing too much intensity. And then I can just give it that much more attention um, as Western States being my peak race. So that's kind of how, yeah, how Western States came about. And um, even as a road runner, there's, you know, there's, there's a handful of races in the States um, that you hear about, you know, like JFK and Western States, like I already mentioned, they're big ones. And there's a couple other ones. Um, Lake Sonoma. Uh, and the, yeah, there's, there, I mean, there's really so many races out there that I had never heard of until like the last year. Um, and Black Canyon, Modern K, you know, it, like that, that in itself and Canyon's endurance, like these, these are all races I've, I've just heard for the first time, but um, you know, Western States is something that I've been aware of, of for years. And um, with Hamiltonian, Rob Carr having in 2015, um, I've definitely paid attention to it. So it's yeah, super exciting to to have the opportunity to line up uh, uh, in uh, Olympic Valley, June 25th. Yeah, it's like kind of it's kind of like talking about you know you're not really expecting 
you know, to get to the Olympics and then it kind of like, you just progressed and it happens. It's like, seems like a similar situation where these pieces are just kind of like falling in place. Like, obviously you're doing a lot of hard work and like putting yourself in positions to have these opportunities, but all of a sudden now you're in this opportunity to go run Western, Western States. And it's kind of like, okay, cool. This is a, this is an awesome opportunity. And yeah, yeah exactly. Like just like the Olympics, it. it's yeah, like trying to qualify it. Like all, like my intention of trying to get there are, like that, that I'm, that, that I'm going to get there. But I think if you have those expectations um, that if it doesn't happen, it's just going to be a big downer. And, and it's a lot more, it's, you know, chasing the goals is what makes it fun. But, you know, if the goals are too easy and you're, just, you're, you're grabbing them all the time, it's, it's not that challenging. So I, I set challenging goals and knowing that I'm not always, and so you have to enjoy the process and you have to enjoy, um, you know, the day-to-day training. And, and so even if you don't, you know, even if you don't attain that goal at the very end, you know, if your expectations are that you, that you're like going to do it for sure, then there's a bit of disappointment and you don't give enough, I guess, um, you know, thought and, uh, appreciation to, to the process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I want to transition a little bit to like, you know, the local Hamilton run community. Again, I mentioned, I'm like, I'm new to the area within like the last year and a half since I, since I moved here. And the one thing now that I'm starting to run more is like one, not only like that, that seems like the talent of running that's around here is like at such a high level, but just the communities itself, there seems like everywhere I turn, there's like, you know, great opportunities to be part of a running community. Why do you think this area has such a big running community? Is there a reason behind that? And what has been like your experience being involved with the local uh, run community here? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, don't, I guess I probably don't have answers to some of those questions, but um, it, Hamilton definitely has like a rich history, especially when you look at races um, around the Bay being the, the oldest race in North America. Um, the uh, Boxing Day 10 miler, um, was supposed to, it was supposed to be their hundredth, um, race. And I guess they'll have their hundredth race in, uh, June, if all things go according to plan. So, uh, yeah, like, like some really iconic races and sulfur Springs, um, ultra is, is, is an ultra that the, that people actually recognize all, all across the country, which I don't think I realized cause it's just in our backyard and I run on those trails all the time, but people from all over will come in and, and do that race. So, um, you know, the races, the races are, you know, there's some iconic races in the area. And then, um, yeah, we've had, uh, you know, really good runners over the years, Paula Schner, you know, who was on your podcast and, um, Jason Bunston. And, you know, before that, um, Gord Dixon, uh, who, you know, had gone to the Olympics in the marathon in the sixties and, um, you know, won around the Bay a whole bunch of times they well at Boston. So, um, and then before, like, you know, you know, of course, like in the early 1900s, you had Tom Longboat and, um, these other guys who were, who were finishing on the podium at Boston from Hamilton. And that's because I, 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 it's, it seems like because they were doing around the Bay and not, not, not in every community had a 30 K to, to challenge them. And that, that in itself was training and it, it translated to, uh, you know, sweeping Boston. I think they swept Boston either 1900 or 1901. So wow. yeah, the, 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 the rich histories there, um, why it's still like so good. I'm, I maybe it has part to do with that history. Maybe, um, maybe the terrain 
there's just, there's good, there are good places to run. Um, you can get to some pretty good country roads pretty quickly. The, the Bayfront, the beach strip and, and Dundas Valley, um, Sulphur Springs, like awesome trail network. So, um, when I went to Quebec, I realized the, the ultra community there is massive. There's just so many people doing ultras, um, people I wouldn't expect, um, you know, you know, women and men who were good at like mid distance in the CIS U sport system running 50 Ks now, you don't, you don't really see that in Ontario. Um, just because we don't have like as, as, um, you know, is the terrain's not as good, um, or as challenging as, you know, Quebec or the Rockies, but we still have a lot of great spaces. So maybe, maybe it's all like a little bit of those combined. And I would, when I started Bayfront Endurance as a, it's a free, um, in, uh, interval training group, uh, we started it last year at the end of August. And, um, I was just kind of hoping to get a few more training partners for the, for the athletes I coached, you know, thinking like, Hey, you know, if 12 to 15 people show up, uh, every week, that's great. And, you know, some, some weeks when, you know, if it, the weather's nice, it's 50 people, um, will show up and it's, uh, it, 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 like, it's really fun. And, um, I just, like, I love just going there and, and it's just to hang out with the people who show up. Like it's a great community. And, um, and it, yeah, so it, I, I guess I keep getting surprised too, but like how, uh, how close knit and, and how cool this community is. And, or I guess we run run club. Um, they just renamed and stacks steel town athletic club. Uh, they cut, they come out too sometimes the Bayfront endurance and, you know, there's burly runners and, um, air up there. So there's a lot of, like a lot of, uh, cool, uh, running, uh, groups in the city. Yeah, no. And it, it's cool to hear a little bit of that history. Cause I didn't, I didn't really know too much about it, but it does definitely seem like it's a combination of all those things that probably keeps the the running community around here. So good. And the one cool thing that I've, that I've noticed is just the collaboration, like you're saying amongst the different run groups, like there's so many different ones, but it seems like there's like an openness between the communities and you can kind of like get a little bit of a different flavor from, from different spots, right. With like doing the endurance stuff with you versus doing like the, the Burley run club and then like happy trails, obviously with all their races, like all that. It's just, it's a cool little um, community that's here for sure. I, um, I want to hit you with a couple rapid fire questions here. Um, curious to hear what's your, and, and this might be an unfair question, but favorite like local trail to, to run on. Sorry, you said my uh, favorite local trail. I kind of cut out there. Yeah, favorite favorite local trail, like route or segment or. Yeah, and I know this one's been said on your podcast like a lot, but the Monarch Trail, um, uh, and and the single track off of Monarch. Now I used to always avoid it, um, but now that I'm doing ultras, um, I you know I like the more twisty stuff. Um, it, it's a it's a skill that I I'm still trying to uh, learn. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the uh, the single track off of Monarch. Yeah, I've actually just started doing a, a little bit out that way too, and it's a it's a fun little area. Um, next one would be favorite local restaurant. It could be like Dundas Hamilton area. Yeah, for Dundas, um, for lunch, I, uh, Domestique. Um, their sandwiches are great, and then for dinner, uh, Batula. Those, that would oh, be okay. my those would yeah, be my yeah. two if I can do that. <laughs> Yeah. Those sandwiches get consumed often in our, uh, in our clinic space here. And, uh, I've never been, to, what was the other one you said? Batula. Yeah. Batula. It's, it's, a road, um, up a bit towards the escarpment. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, I guess it, there was a restaurant there before. I forget what it was called, but um, Mike Stoffer, who is the, the head chef there, um, he, uh, he opened it a few years ago. Yeah, really good. And, you know, they do a lot of local stuff, like their beers are um, fair weather grain and grid, and um, they do meats from Cumbres. And um, oh, there's a little homage to the whatever restaurant was there before. I know some people are probably listening and, and, and they're shouting the name of it, but they, it, it was like a specialized in schnitzel. So they, they, you know, they still do like a, a pork, like schnitzel there. Cool. Sweet. Um, favorite local brewery. Are you a beer guy? Yeah. Um, okay. that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with merit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a lot of good ones, but, um, yeah, I like merit. Yeah. The amount I've, I've probably said this on the podcast many times, but the amount of like, um, great, craft breweries around here and and i know you're not a coffee but coffee guy but like coffee shops in hamilton area i've never seen so many like really good places in one population before yeah yeah it it's yeah and it's way different than you know if you even like you know 10 years ago it was i mean there was coffee shops then but as far as breweries it was it was a much different scene it was pretty much nothing (laughs) um is there a, a guest that you think we should have on the show that would be that would be good? Uh, yeah, um, Ruby West. Um, would be really, so she's a cyclocross. I think she dabbles on indoor um, track as well, but um, she's best known as a cyclo, cyclocross uh, racer, um, and she's from Dundas. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, last question: what um, What does move local mean mean to you? Move local. Um, yeah. I mean, just getting to know the area. Um, that's what I really like about, uh, the, the, this area. I mean, now, now that I've lived here for so long, I, I know it fairly well, but just exploring, um, the, especially the escarpment, there's just so many little like cool places on the waterfalls and the trails and everything. So, um, yeah, just, just being active and, and living a, that healthy lifestyle and taking advantage of the, the nature and, um, the, the cool running and cycling routes that we have. Yeah, we we're definitely lucky um, to be in this area for sure. Um, Reed, thanks so much for coming on, taking the time. I appreciate it. Um, it's been a blast, and I'm I'm excited to to see how 2022 plays out for you with with all these uh, awesome opportunities that you have. So I'll definitely be uh, following along, and um, I occasionally pass you out on the trail sometimes or on the road. I think we've crossed paths a couple of times, so I'll yeah. probably see see you out there at some point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. <laughs>